Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Phantoms of the Silver Screen podcast, where we are reviewing an old staple of this fine program that we produce today. Are you afraid of the dark? Season five, episode two, according to the lore. If you look on Amazon, it's not episode two, but it's supposed to be episode two. And that episode is titled The Tale of Station 109.1. That's right, it's a period piece, because we're listening to the radio today. (laughs) I am one of two hosts, sometimes three, and my name is Jumpy. And I'm joined by... The other one, or two, Rip. He has a lot of different personalities. It depends what friend groups he's hanging out with. God damn. You know people like that where like they just act differently with different friend groups? No? Okay. That's yeah. what I was going for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. the like you have a set of like I don't know how to describe like your business friends, you know, like friends mm-hmm. that are all like adults. Or your drinking buddies. Yeah. And then the normal friends who don't do that. <laughs> or your sports friends or your gym friend. There you go. Yeah. You ever had so, that like happen where like you have your your hanging out buddy and then he gets a call from like his gym friends and he starts talking like a gym rat? <laughs> he just yeah, yeah, I have with Rip. <laughs> he just picks up the phone. He starts using slang I've never heard of. Can't even replicate it right now. Hey man, yeah, I just I just blasted my quads today. Yeah, I did like nine reps. Yeah. Who is this man? All right, I just saw him chug twenty beers. He's he's not doing that. <laughs> oh man, rip! That's the status I wish I was. That's topical for this episode <laughs> because we're covering the tale of Station One Hundred Nine Point One, where the titular character is obsessed with death. He's like um, Lydia from Beetlejuice, or a member of the Adams family. That's the vibe they're going for with him. He's like a goth kid, but they don't want to commit to the goth makeup. They they really didn't do anything mm-hmm. to commit that he was goth, <laughs> except mm-hmm. for his like mannerisms. And like his his interests, I guess, but his style it was not goth. Yeah, but he. Um, before we go on, we had right. predicted this episode. We didn't predict last episode because we kind of knew what it was. This episode mm-hmm. we had no idea, and Jumbie's prediction it was Stig. A new cast member replacing Frank because he was not formally initiated last time. So he, uh, Trumpy's idea was like, let me, maybe they'll do one more episode where he has to tell a story. That would make sense. As much as I agreed, I thought Gary because I thought they would kind of drag this out a little bit. And there's a particular reason why. <laughs> and I'll let you know after. Mm. But it wasn't Gary. It was Stig. And those Jumpy's prediction was correct. So yet again. I want to know what your reason was, though. Now I'm just curious. Because Stig only says two stories in this entire season. Are, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> These are his two stories. Oh, damn. So we have heard the last of Stig <laughs> this episode. Good. <laughs> I hope he doesn't say anything the rest of it. <laughs> No, but he told a good story. He pulled up all the stops. He cast, you know, really big Hollywood names. He he did everything he had to to get into this club. Yeah. He really did. He tried. really think about it. He had two mm-hmm. Oscar Emmy-esque people, guest stars on this episode. I just want you guys to know how easy it is for us to look up if Gilbert Godfrey had won an Oscar or an Emmy, <laughs> and we're not going to do it. We're not because he won the Emmy to my heart. We're not gonna do it. (laughs) He won the Emmy to my heart. He won Best Actor for his role as Iago. Yes. And that's what you're banking on. And a movie that involved Robin Williams as a genie. (laughs) Yeah, he's the best one. Um, uh, Well, you know. Maybe he won for Return of Jafar, where Robin Williams wasn't in it. There you go. Or the And the they TV cast series. the guy who plays Homer Simpson instead. Hmm? <laughs> the TV series. 
Isn't that weird? Like the there's three Aladdin movies. Third one's a banger. You guys should watch it. Third, the, the, the King, of Thieves. King of Thieves. Yeah, that one was so awesome. I love that one for some reason. Um, the first two had Robin Williams as genie. In the middle, they cast the guy who plays Homer Simpson because I forgot his name. But yeah, um, they cast that yeah. guy. Yeah, they cast him to play genie. And I always wanted to know why. I think there was like some bad blood between him, Robin Williams, and them because they broke some contract. But then they still got him to come back for the third one. I just I don't know what happened there. <laughs> Maybe his commitments were like, like no, nah, he's like I can't do this. I'm doing Mr. Delphire. <laughs> or Hook. Well, <laughs> are those Disney films? No. Maybe. I mean, Hook. No. Hook, maybe. I don't know. No, regardless of Robin Williams and his awesome career, we're talking about Stig now. The polar opposite. That's right. He's the opposite of Robin Williams. He's everything wrong with this world. He's Stig. So Stig is telling a story to everybody. He had to come with a bag over his head, which is my favorite way to transport Stig is putting a bag over his head. That way you don't have to hear or smell him <laughs> and his greasy hair. Ugh, ugh, that bag, can you imagine? They had to wring it out after they took it off. <laughs> In fact, he like had Even the cast head. members were like, burn it. Ugh, gross. Nausea. Throw it into the fire. No, wait. It's going to burst into flames. <laughs> It'll, the, the fumes, the toxic, toxic fumes will call after us. <laughs> Keep it away. They're just roasting him. And, and it's gets... hard to feel bad for him because he keeps being weird but he, he was annoyed he's like hey i'm here to tell a story and if i don't get a fair shot to join this club i'm just gonna go home and then they're like no no we have a reputation just tell your we'll betty, you a fair shot. and betty and it's just like come on take stig tell your story like okay so he tells his story to everybody and he assists he gets assistance from Tucker in handling the midnight dust that he's not allowed to touch because he's not an official member. Nice. And he before has... he gets the midnight dust thrown in, he has everyone present their props for the evening. Yes, which was and that is a battery-powered radio. Yeah. Yeah. It <laughs> picks up the radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, try to imagine that this big giant boombox thing. You know from that movie. You know the one where he held it above his head. You've seen that <laughs> on TikTok, right? Yeah. Yes. All of them have one of those, and he told them to play their favorite radio station. And back in the day, people didn't just have every song ever in their pocket, so they had to like listen to it on the radio. And sometimes they'd play the song they like, and it would have a specific genre depending on the channel. So everybody had a specific channel they liked. Everyone plays their favorite channel. Nobody picked the same channel. It's just a bunch of garbled mess in the air. And Stig tells them to shut up, turn it off. And the whole point of that was lost on me because I didn't get why he did that. <laughs> did you understand, Rip? Can you enlighten us what Stig was thinking? They're they're, they're really phoning it in with these like last like these uh, introductions to the to the story because like. That last one was a tale of the, not the water demons, the dead men's float, where I was just like, yeah, it, I don't know if I felt that way. Like his introduction to that, you know, this one it's like mm-hmm. they're trying to do Kristen stuff without having Kristen's flair to it. But I mean, he could have just been okay by just having his own boombox. But I guess he's trying to make a good impression. Everybody brought their own boombox. But, uh, Kiki was... like, I thought it was going to be like something about noise mm-hmm. or like, you know, many different voices out there, mm-hmm. but you have to focus on the right one. Mm-hmm. He didn't say anything like that. He just mentioned that there's voices on the radio and you should look out for them or something. This it didn't make a lot of sense. Th- there's mm-hmm. tons there's of signs. invisible radio signals that are playing all around us. And with all those invisible signals, there's no way to tell what might be hidden somewhere in the static. Now, uh, there's a real theory about this. Huh? Yes, yes, there, there's when 5G was coming around, a lot of people were against it, and uh, some of those have to do with signals. Well, what are they? Do we really trust 
what's going out there. It's those little micro signals like only that we can never sense or hear, but they can use it to control us. That's a real theory. We're not here to judge if that's I'm judging. That's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. We don't support so we don't support the five G movement. Dumb. <laughs> Chubby being the rebel. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so that's an actual theory. Um, Stig says there might be a signal coming from someplace he never thought of. Betty Ann's like, "Ooh, where?" Stig says, "Maybe from beyond the grave." And of course, everybody's like, "Ooh, let's do this!" Submitted for the approval mm-hmm. of the Midnight Society. Tucker grabs the tail midnight of dust. Five G. <laughs> Grabs the midnight dust, throws it into the midnight fire. Stick calls the story the Teo Station 109.1. You know what just hit me? He never grabs what? this ever in the show. This he is... never touches the dust. So is he really a member? Ooh. I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he wasn't in the reboot, was he? <laughs> I've never seen the reboot, but I assume he wasn't. <laughs> no. Uh, so this story follows a young boy named Chris Leary, who is dressed to the nines in a suit, laying in his bed with his arms folded across his chest. He's trying to be a corpse right now. Yeah. And his mom comes in and she's like, yeah, that's cute that you're playing that, but it's time for dinner. She opens the windows and she's like, hey, pick up after yourself, right? Clean up this dirty room with all your socks around. And then, of course, he rises mm-hmm. from the dead like the Undertaker from WWE to <laughs> go to, to dinner. Um, would that rise, you would, that's interesting. So you say WWE. Mm-hmm. I thought of Michael Myers. He always does that, too. I'm, I'm sure they're related in some way. I don't know the story. His real name is... Jonathan Myers or something. <laughs> uh, so I wonder if the Undertaker took some inspiration from him or that, vice versa. That's like, what I'm thinking. I don't know because I have to look that up. Bless yeah, you because you. he sneezed off <laughs> camera. Yeah. Anyway, and I hate this is this is the thing about the '90s that I hate the most. This next scene is where they mm-hmm. take. The most delicious food. Yeah. That you can ever, like, mashed potatoes. And they make it disgusting. And they just make it disgusting with the way they touch it and the little sound effects they have. Just stop it. It's good food. Mm -hmm. No, mashed potatoes are yucky. I I will fight. (laughs) I will fight. (laughs) I will fight, period. (laughs) Anyone. I don't care. What you believe about the five G conspiracy? But if you if you hate mashed potatoes, I care. <laughs> <laughs> That's the line you draw. <laughs> yeah, five G's bad. That's fine. Uh, Flat Earth, cool. But don't talk shit about mashed potatoes. Yes. All right. That is the. What's statement. your favorite form of potatoes, Rip? Mashed is it mashed? Yeah. That's your favorite. Yeah. Someone's like French fries, and you're like, "Ew, yucky." I want mashed potatoes. I I I would never call French fries yucky. And you know that. Mm-hmm. Okay. What is your favorite? French fries. <laughs> Sacre bleu. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, mashed potatoes. We apologize to France. Just kidding. We never apologize. <laughs> Sorry. We're Canada. Um. Just kidding. We always apologize. There's parts mm. of Africa that speak French too. But yes. Really? Yeah. How'd that happen? <laughs> the French invaded. <laughs> so, yes, mashed potatoes is my favorite mm-hmm. form of potato. And Jumbies is French fries. But we both agree that you add gravy to either of those things. There's a lot of questions going on. How do you feel about tater tots? They're not much. It's a half not- measure. They're not up there, man. They're not up there. Like just get just get fries. It's the same thing. Just get fries. Yeah, dude. That's like that's a nostalgia thing. That's like tater tots are given to like school lunches, 
and people like them because it reminds them of when they were young. That's the only reason. You were forced tater tots and like hash browns is just people trying to eat fries for breakfast and <laughs> they're just cowards and they're going to be like, no, I'm not going to eat fries. I'm going to eat hash browns. The same thing, fried up potatoes. <laughs> it's the same thing. Just eat the fries. <laughs> All right? It's the same thing that's wrong with like muffins where you're just trying to eat cake, but you don't want to eat cake and look bad. So you eat a muffin. It's the same thing. Just uh, eat a cake. Okay. Okay. If we're, if we're talking about this, if we're doing this, there's uh-huh. a lot of desserts that snuck their ass into our breakfast table and i and i hate it's that. all desserts okay it's all sweets i fucking it, like i love pancakes but get that fucking that, syrup away from my eggs and my pancakes all right that is no, dessert all over the no. syrup all no. over the egg yeah like oh let's put chocolate chips on the pancake because we're we're innovative go go that is not breakfast that is a dessert grow the fuck up <laughs> In certain parts of the world, Rip, I don't know if you know this, but they get sugar, actual sugar that you would have in a cup to give to a neighbor, perhaps. And they pour that all over the pancake as if it doesn't have enough sugar. They put pure sugar on <laughs> top of the pancake for you to eat. It's just, it's, it's, it's and then not, syrup. <laughs> and then syrup. How the fuck did donuts slip through? That is, that is not even like a disguise as a breakfast That's food. That's a dessert. That's that a, dessert, a dessert. And you're eating that. Crepes. Crepes is the dessert. I don't care. I prefer crepes to pancakes, in my opinion. I like that they're thinner oh. and they're not as heavy. What else? What else? I don't know. There was like one more that pissed me off that I can't remember right now. Muffins are basically yeah, muffins, cupcakes. Muffins is that is not. Now breakfast. bagels are good. Those aren't. Those are fine. Did you know, Jumpy, that this? If you look at the serving size for a bagel on the package. It actually is talking about half the bagel. Really? So those five hundred calories are just for like that one side. Not. I want to apologize for bringing that to light for everyone who's <laughs> listening, because now you know, and you can't not know that, and that's that's some pretty depressing stuff. There's there's a reason, all right, that breakfast has become tainted. You know why people are like, oh, I'm just gonna skip breakfast today. It's because of all that shit. All right. All of they it. skip breakfast and lose all this weight, and you, it's no wonder why. <laughs> yes, yes. Just stick to eggs and just bacon. Have, just have an apple for breakfast. Right? Oatmeal. A boiled egg. Boiled That's egg. That's it. Yeah. Something small. What else? Take the yolk out. Doctor's orders. Yeah, if you're. <laughs> If your ne- if your knee cracks when you wake up in the morning, you take, the yoga. take the yoga. Take the yoga. All right, but yes, that is rips a rant on breakfast. We all don't like breakfast around here. It is not the most important meal. You know what the most important meal of the day is? Oh, dinner with mashed potatoes and ham. Dinner. That's right. And you can get Hello Fresh to deliver. <laughs> no, we don't have any sponsors. Yeah, use our code. Uh... Phantoms. So, so this dude. Or you can make it something very specific, where it's just like down with steak, or like fuck breakfast, or something. (laughs) You like F B R F. Uh, Oh yeah. So, our boy Chris. Chris is eating. Oh right, Chris. And he's just playing with his food. They're just doing that awful 90s sound of mashed potatoes being touched by a spoon. It makes it sound nasty when it's not. It's delicious. It looks good. Is and it a breakfast food, though? This is dinner. Oh, he just woke up. He, he was just dinner? playing coffin, yeah. I don't know. But I want to think that he slept all day because he's nocturnal now. <laughs> As we all are. <laughs> but he he takes a piece of shrimp from the salad... And he buries it into the mashed potatoes. And he puts a cross made of carrot sticks on top. Everybody in his family is looking at him weird. And there's one person in his family that we didn't expect to be on the table. And this is Chris's brother, Ryan Gosling. That's right. Fresh off the set of the Mickey Mouse Club. It's Ryan Gosling. He looks exactly the same as that Mickey Mouse video. 
So we got two guest stars in this episode. How exciting. And Ryan Gosling <laughs> from Drive is in this movie with the same head and face as he normally does, but there's a little tiny teenage body underneath. Hmm. It's actually kind of weird. He had a big head at that age. He grew into it. Looks great now. <laughs> that man had a big head. <laughs> so we learned that Jamie has a part-time job working on cars with his friend Sid, the mechanic. Oh, I also want to point out, this man wasted some sh- fresh shrimp for his amusement and nobody yelled at him. <laughs> the father should have been like, I just spent so much money on fresh seafood and this is what you do? <laughs> you put it in the gross mashed potatoes I got? <laughs> it's such a shame. I don't know, but he the, ruined both dishes. But he put the carrot sticks in a cross, and when he put it on top of mashed potatoes, it's kind of funny. That was cute. That was cute. But he's still playing with perfectly good food. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's just a phase. We just gotta let him go through it, you know. But it's not a phase, God. <laughs> so Jamie takes. Chris to his part-time job at a mechanic uh, and Sid's like what's up with your brother he's extra weird today and Jamie explains it to us he they played capture the flag with he played capture the flag with his friends at a graveyard and now all he talks about is deaths graves and funerals um, and Sid's just like damn if you gotta snap that dude out of it that's so weird and that's when Jamie realizes that one of the cars they're working on is actually a hearse. She's like, oh. <gasps> so, so Jamie, at that night, Jamie goes to Chris's room and he's like, hey, what are you playing on your computer? And Jamie's like, and Chris is like, oh, I'm playing Hangman in like the creepiest way. Like, what do you play on your computer? Hangman. Hangman. <laughs> And then Jamie's like, figures. Um, Can we call him Ryan Gosling? Okay. Then Ryan Gosling was like, figures. But this is where he gets the idea of inviting Chris to go to the hearse so he can reenact. So Ryan Gosling's being a great brother here. He's like, I don't like my brother's interests. And I make fun of him for it, but I'm also going to support it. I'm going to bring him to the car shop where... I have all my interests and show him a hearse. Obviously, he's going to enjoy that. What a good-natured brother. Nothing nefarious going on. Nothing at all. Hmm. And, you know, Chris, Chris is super excited. <gasps> there was a dead body? What? Somebody? Oh, I, my gosh. I want to know why he's so interested in death stuff. Just, I don't know. He was playing in the graveyard with his friends. I thought there'd be like, you know, somebody passed away early or something and he had to see the body or like something where there's a reason he's so fascinated. Ooh, maybe he played with those kids from the episode of The Tale of Old Man Corcoran. Well, if he did, he should have been more aware about the afterlife. (laughs) Fair enough. Mm -hmm. But he sits in the hearse, he lays down, pretend he's Ah. dead. Uh, Jamie takes the car battery out and so he could pull his prank by turning it on. Uh, Super fun prank. Kids playing around with car batteries. Nothing <laughs> could go wrong. Uh, A twist would have been like if Ryan Gosling did the car battery trick. But then like, you know, he died doing that. And the brother didn't notice until the end of the episode. But <laughs> that would have been funny. But like. I just remembered that when he was laying down in the beginning of the episode in his room, there's like, get like, not get well soon, but like get well soon, like funeral reefs and bon voyage. <laughs> mm. His parents are really supportive of him doing whatever the hell he wants. There's <laughs> no discipline in that house. Okay, apparently, yeah, I mean, he obviously Jamie's doing a prank, trying to you know scare him out of it. The, the car turns on, the radio's blasting. Um, he starts freaking out. He's like, Jamie, let me out here. And he's like, nah, nah, I thought you liked this stuff, dude. Come on, you love this stuff. And then Chris goes over, turns off the radio. And on its own, the radio goes to station 109.1, where we hear 
a ghoulish uh, voice telling them that sometimes when people die, they miss their chance to cross over and need guidance. Um, that is where 109.1 comes in. All they need to do is follow the voice and they'll help them find the way home. Um, which is weird. <laughs> um, yeah. And then Jamie's like, all right, I'm just going to walk home. Let, let Chris figure this whole thing out. And he runs into an old man who's just like, can you help me find my way home? And Jamie's like, nah, dude, that's all you. And he leaves. And then as the audience, we see that the old man fades out. So we confirm that's a ghost. Mm-hmm. And also we confirm that Ryan Gosling has spiritual powers, mm-hmm. not unlike Yu Yu Hakusho. <laughs> Don't put ideas in people's heads, Jumbi. Is he that could what have you done want? it. Live? He could have done a 90s version of a live action Yu Yu Hakusho starring Ryan Gosling. Is that what you at mean? that age? Yeah, because <laughs> he's a grown ass man at it. that point. <laughs> mm-hmm. Would you so many actors they can get at that period of time? Brendan Fraser is also kind of like a teen. <laughs> he he could have played Kuwabara. Haven't played Tagoro. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. No, Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to play Tagoro. I mean, oh, that's true. It, that has to happen. <laughs> If it's making it in that time period in particular. Genkai. <laughs> you must Who train would... the boy, Genkai. I can't even <laughs> hear the voice. Who would be that, that, that Vegeta ripoff guy? I forgot his name. Well, Hie? Hie, yeah, 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 yeah. Who would be that? Is he a ripoff to you because he has the, cause of the hair? Because <laughs> he's small and he's his rival and he's angry and he has pointy hair? Yeah, that's why. <laughs> that's why he is. <laughs> Oh man, you're making me go through that that '90s checklist. Because not only that, I have to remember how they looked like at that age. Mm-hmm. That's difficult. Yeah, I want to be a small fighter. Small fighter. Maybe like... that period. No. I want. Jetly at that age. Because like who are fighters? That was Jean Claude Van Damme was the big one. But Sylvester he's too big Stallone. for yeah. Too big for EA. Um, Need someone small, lean. Tom Cruise. I would love to see Tom Cruise <laughs> do it. The best part about that is you can imagine him today doing it or back then doing it. It's the same thing. It doesn't really matter. Oh, yeah. Guy doesn't age. Speaking of conspiracy. Aliens theories. won't let him. <laughs> so. Anyway, let's see okay how. Okay, with the Tom Cruise is an alien theory, but you gave me crap for five G. <laughs> um, let's see how the Avatar live action on Netflix works before we start talking about a live action New Hawker show, because that's in, <sighs> that is in the air, that is waiting to be approved. That I am hopeful. I am hopeful for that, but I don't have a lot of faith in it. Me either. I'm. I have zero faith to. Uh, Live actions. But imagine making something where it's like, you can't make it worse than the other live action. There's no way to make it worse. So there's nothing, it can only be an improvement. But I just don't want to use a phrase, it was better than M. Night Shyamalan's movie. But you're going to have to, because it already is. The trailer was better than that movie. (laughs) But, like, I don't want to use it in that tone. You know what I mean? At least it was better. Yeah, it was a small improvement. And we're going to do baby steps to get to a good movie. 2055. (laughs) Eventually, AI is going to be advanced enough where they're going to get the whole cartoon and then just, like, replace them with live-action actors. But the AI will, like, fill in the blanks. And no actors actually have to be used, and it's gonna look natural. Damn. Yeah. This is why there's a writer strike right now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's scary tech. I don't know. They should just write the clause where they're not going to use AI to write their stuff. Hey, if that's that the easy. case, we could redo this show using AI. Are you afraid of the dark? We are 
not members of the Writers Guild, but we pretend like we are. So we are not going to entertain that thought. Okay, we won't entertain that thought of using AI to recreate the cast of the 90s Are You Afraid of the Dark? Stop reading from the script. <laughs> so, anyway, so now that Chris under- learned that there's a station called 109.1 that beckons the dead, he uh, is obsessed with it. He starts listening it to the next day. And it's, it's this broadcast says that therefore the dimensionally challenged, which I cracked up at. Um, I like that too. That reminded me a lot of Be- Beetlejuice. Yeah, yeah. The book of the recently deceased or something like that was like Lydia's book that she had that <laughs> all the deceased get. So the 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 DJ for the station says that they like to invite anyone hearing the uh, his voice coming from the radio station to come in. And Jamie comes in, he's laughing still about the prank he did yesterday. He changed the station. Chris is like, why did you change it? And he's like, dude, it's 4 p.m. Clark and Ryan are on. Clark and Ryan, I guess, is like Opie and Anthony back then or like Paul and Young Run or whatever duo, mm. Howard Stern, all those people. Rip but, and Jumby. Rip and Jumby, whoever they are. Um, But Chris is just annoyed at Jamie, at Ryan Glossin at this point, so he just... Um, he just storms out. This is where he goes on his computer with the cringiest website because it's the 90s. <laughs> and he looks up where the location of Station 109.1 is, and it is unknown. So he clicks on previous location or last known entry, and he finds the address, which he decides to use to walk there. And on the way, he runs into several people who are also looking for their way home. But he goes inside the radio station after telling him he can't help him because he doesn't know where the fuck home is. And he This radio station, I'm convinced, was taken straight out of Beetlejuice. Yeah. The whole waiting room and the afterlife thing. That is the same thing. Hmm. Which is fine. I'm just like, I'm sure that's the inspiration for it. Yeah, at this point it's just well, yeah. At this point it's just like a, what, a homage, because it had been like mm-hmm. seven years at that point. But it just it it's it reminds me of the DMV a little bit, or at least a doctor's waiting room, where you're just in this small corridor, waiting for your number to be called, and. That fits because the guy who runs the place used to work there. <laughs> Chris. Sees a line, but he sees no one is doing anything. So he decides to go to the to the um, to the reception window and knock. And we got a surprise. It's Gilbert Gottfried, and he's just yelling at this at Chris. Do you not see? It says "Do not knock" <laughs> on the windows. It says "Do not" on one side and "knock" on the window on the other side. Let's put it together. Do not knock on the window. Let's. I forget how exactly he said it, but it was pretty funny. <laughs> but he opens the windows again. He's like, next. Chris just looks back and forth. No one's budging. So he cuts in front. He's like, uh, is this the radio station? 109.1? He's like, yeah. Give me a second. And he invites him in. And that's when... Chris immediately gets handed a green bracelet over his hand with a number on it. And Gilbert Goffrey just gives him the rundown. He's like, all right, this is your number. This is will keep you, uh, 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 relieve you from anything that is keeping you to the physical world. You're going to the next world and you got just got to wait till your number is called. And then you get to step through the doors. And he's like, whoa, 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 what do you, what do you mean to the next world? I'm not done with this life yet. And then he's like, yeah, yeah, you, you don't know how many times I've heard that shit. Let me tell you. Uh, and there's plenty of examples that pop up every time. He's like, it's not my time, please. And then somebody else comes in, says the same shit, and then gets dragged <laughs> to the afterlife. <laughs> I forgot what show was it where like somebody accidentally gets uh, arrested. 
and they're like like no i'm innocent you got the wrong person and then like you just hear a chorus of people in the prison <laughs> yeah you got the wrong person me for too. me too i'm innocent it's like damn it <laughs> so so in this place there's a line and the kid skips the line goes to the front yeah and at the front you talked about did you talk about the slap bracelet? Yeah. I want to get to the slap bracelet. Yeah, let's talk about the slap bracelet. You did? Yeah. That slap bracelet was everywhere in the 90s. And I'm so <laughs> glad to see it. Because the slap bracelet, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's like a big stick of rubber. It's like a straight line. You slap it on your wrist and then it becomes a bracelet because it just conforms to the shape of your wrist. They were super fun to take off and put back on and take off and put back on. As soon as he slapped it on his wrist, I was shocked he didn't take it off again and just do it again. It came back around in like the 2010s. Because my little cousins were used to playing. There was like a retro 90s thing going on at that time. Now we're just in a weird, like, I don't know what style is anymore. An old man. (laughs) I don't know if people are having a resurgence of 90s things or I just refuse to wear anything else. Hmm. Maybe. All looks the same. But um, Gilbert Godfrey, yes, he's he starts calling Chris Daniel James Carpenter, and he was mm-hmm. like, "No, I'm not Daniel James. I'm I'm Chris Gosling." <laughs> Ryan <Gosling's laughs> Chris <little> Gosling. <laughs> uh, he's like, "There's no Chris Gosling here, okay? There's a Daniel Carpenter, and guess who that is? It's you. All right, you're 85. You <laughs> used to be." You know, a school teacher, and now you're done. And then some dude, like Jumpy said. He's like, please think a little bit. (laughs) Some dude comes in, just like Jumpy said, saying that he doesn't belong here. He's innocent. And then you see two black-robed figures just come up and just grab him and throw him into the door to the next life. And then Gilbert Crawford's like, ooh, yeah, um... That uh, that guy didn't leave a good life. (laughs) He's not going somewhere nice. So, Chris freaks out. He runs home, and he sees Jamie, and he starts talking to Jamie. He's like, look, I'm still pissed off at you for what you did, but some weird shit's going on. I need to tell you about it. And as he's following Jamie around, Ryan Gosling, he's like, there's no there's no communication. It's almost like Ryan Gosling doesn't hear or see him. But Chris just chalks it up to him being annoying just ignoring him. And it was only until in the frustration while Ryan Gosling's on the phone that Chris tries to slap it out of his hand and, he re- and then his hand goes through. He freaks out, runs to go talk to his mom, but when he goes to the next room, he's back at radio station 109.1. So he realizes his number is coming up soon. So he tries to once again plead to Gilbert uh, plead his case to Gilbert Goffrey and this is where we learn that Gilbert Goffrey whose name is Roy in this episode does the British accent for the for the broadcast for the beep for the spirits to cross over this was clearly dubbed in (laughs) he did not do that accent that was a dub that's hilarious. They I, thought they could fool all the 90s kids, but they didn't think some grown men would watch it in the future. And we did. We caught you. It's a <laughs> so, Roy here, played by Gilbert Gottfried, just mm-hmm. is not convinced. And he keeps telling Chris, like, hey, your, your, your time is up. Wait for your number to be called. Where do you think that, that phrase came from? Your number's up. That came from here. <laughs> and by the way, I used to work at a DMV. I don't know. I forgot why he threw that in there, but he threw that in there. (laughs) I used to work at the Department of Motor Vehicles. I think he was just trying to stress that he doesn't make mistakes, Mm -hmm. but that was a bad example. Mm -hmm. He always made mistakes. So, um, through all the the chasing and running, um, Chris finds himself in the DJ booth and decides to use to cross over to, because uh, it's 4 p.m., 
to mm-hmm. to Ryan Gosling's favorite radio station, listening to because uh, he's listening to Clark and Ryan. He starts talking to him, and he's like, "Hey, Jamie, I know you're listening to me. Uh, I'm at station 109.1. Look up the address. They're gonna. I'm going to die. They have the wrong person. I need you to come clear my name." And at that point, and Jamie's just like, "Oh yeah, this is real funny." Oh my god, bravo! You try to get back at me, beautiful. And he comes out, and he sees the same old man from the other night, and he's like, "Hey, can you take me home?" <laughs> he didn't say it like that, <laughs> but he's like, "Dude, what are you?" He's like, "My name is Daniel Carpenter, and I need to go home." And he's like, "He's like, good one, All right? How much did my brother have to pay you?" And he turns around as he's saying that, mm-hmm. and the guy disappears. And then and he's like, "Oh, that's weird." He turns around again, and the guy reappears. He freaks out, runs into his house, calls up his uh, calls somebody uh, up, and then the guy's there again, in his house. So he runs upstairs, and that's when he real to look for, for Chris. But then that's when he realizes that the last thing Chris looked up, because he didn't clear his search history, was uh, where the radio station's location was, and then that's when he turns around and he sees the guy, Daniel Carpenter. And he's just like, hey, don't run this time. Wherever your brother's at is where I need to be. Help me. And then we cut to Chris. He's caught. He's trying to escape. They're dragging him slowly. Um, Well, he's supposed to go back to the line to wait for his numbers called. But Gilbert Groffer, he's like, you know what? I'm tired of this crap. You're on my nerves. We're going to do this now. And so he starts pulling The whole time him. there's been a countdown where he keeps checking the number. Mm-hmm. And it was like five spaces left and he made him skip the line. Yeah. And that he... pissed me off. <laughs> it's like, I I waited for my turn. Damn it. Um, so Chris is getting dragged to the, to the door to the other side. And Ryan Goslin and Daniel Carpenter come in. And they all three of them are like, no, don't send them in. It's not his time. Um, and Gilbert Garfield. I'm his brother. <laughs> Please don't do it. And he's like, oh, okay. You're right. And they're like, it's over? Nah, throws acid. And <laughs> Chris gets thrown through the doors. And there's like a big and he rumble. he moves on to the other side. And the earth shakes. And locusts spread the earth. And all the plagues happen. <laughs> And Daniel the Carpenter, flood is coming. Daniel Carpenter is just like, you're a fool. I'm Daniel Carpenter, not him. He's alive. He's like, no, you can't be Daniel Carpenter because I already did the list. I checked everything. That's what I got. And then the tremors happen again. The doors open and they throw Jamie's ass right back. Oh, sorry. Chris is uh, Chris through the doors and they're like, what happened? And Chris is like, uh, they rejected me because I'm alive. And he looks at Gilbert Garfrey and he's like, oh, they want to have a word with you. And throughout that this... probably has some... Re- they're probably like, they rejected me. And they said, I'm never going to have another chance. <laughs> and then he's just stuck on Earth, roaming as an immortal. And that's the story, the origin of Dracula. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Or Vandal Savage, if you're a DC fan. <laughs> so, um... So Gilbert Groffer, so the entire episode with this bracelet, Chris has been trying to take it off, but he can't. So Gilbert Goffrey was just like, at this point was like, hey, you know, all you have to do is just take off the bracelet and put it on Daniel Carpenter. And it comes right off. Easy. <laughs> he puts on Daniel Carpenter and Daniel Carpenter goes to the other side, uh, hinting that he goes to heaven. Because he led a good life. And Gilbert Goffrey's words of wisdom here is it'll be it's it'll always send you to the good place if you led a good life. So we cut to the next scene. Ryan Gosling's out. He has a baseball in his hand. He calls out for Chris. Chris comes out. And he's moved past his goth phase. He still has the earring. But that's he's wearing just... very bright summer colors, though. Yeah, like a yellow shirt tucked into his jeans. Mm-hmm. And he had caught a cricket earlier, and he decides to release it so it could live its life. 
The end. They scared the Adams family vibe out of him, and he's just a normal little boy now who likes sports. Couldn't form everybody. Hmm. So back in the nineties, conforming wasn't cool, but that's what he did. <laughs> so we end stick stick finishes story, and he's like, "Well, that's my." best story if I don't get in after this then you're just not listening to anything I've been saying they all huddle together yeah. Stig turns on the radio annoying Jumbie and mm-hmm. they all look at him he turns it off and Gary says decision has to be unanimous and Tucker can't hold back cause he's like you're in you're in and Stig's like awesome and they all go to hug and then Stig goes over to hug Sam Sam pushes him off and he's like, what happened? Come on. <laughs> Give us a hug. And he tries to force a hug. And then he Which I didn't him. like. They all run away, Sam, Kiki, and Betty Ann. And Gary looks at Tucker and he's like, keep him, keep his ass under control. Or I'm going to kick both of you out. And they're like, all right. And they high five each other. Stick says, they love me. And they leave as Gary puts Stig. out the campfire in the end. What a gross child. Mm-hmm. The character. The kid is fine. The actor is good. The character, I don't like. <laughs> so this is actually Ryan Gosling's first role in TV ever, apparently. <laughs> like anything. This is his first anything. Yes. and DJ He didn't even do Mickey Mouse Club yet. Yep. And DJ McHale wanted him to be in the original, like a member of the society, the Midnight Society. And he turned it down to be in the Mickey the Mickey Club. I can't say it was a bad move getting into Disney at that <laughs> young age. Probably launched his career, but I would love to see Ryan Gosling as one of the members. Yeah, that would be cool. Mm-hmm. Replacing Stig. Yeah. After they finally kick him out for, you know, being creepy. Um. Uh, the old man Daniel Carpenter. He played. Niles in the tale of the no Giles, sorry. <laughs> it should be Niles, but it's Giles in the tale of the Hungry Hounds, and he's very memorable in that episode because he was just very creepy and <laughs> scary, and he was the only connection to the hounds that that whole episode had. So, and he was in the tale of Old Man Cochran. Who did he play? He played Old Man Cochran. What did you say? <laughs> and uh, that's about it. We have people that played minor characters that return later on but it's pretty cool good episode I liked it can't go wrong with Gilbert Goffrey you know any episode you can't go wrong with Ryan Gosling being episode 2 and yes everybody Ryan Gosling did drive yeah to the radio station drive. yeah he drove if you will mm-hmm. his 13 year old <laughs> self drove the hearse to the radio station in the show. There was a scene where they drove there and I was very confused on who was driving, but I guess it was him. Hmm. Can't be the dead guy. Hmm. Um, yeah. And that is it. Your opinions. You agree. Was it a good episode? Um, it was fine. I think it was fine. I liked seeing the star power here. It was interesting. Gilbert Godfrey was a delight. I think he was the best part of the episode. You know, he played the villain well. Mm-hmm. But I guess it should be scary to me. The idea of like, oh, the afterlife could be managed poorly <laughs> and <laughs> they could make mistakes. But that idea sounds so silly to me that I, I just can't. I can't be scared of it. Can you, can you imagine if you're like in the afterlife, Jumpy, and they're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, you're Jumby. We lost your paperwork. You're you're Jumby Smith, nine uh, nineteen eighty seven, and they're like, no, I'm Jumby Smith from nineteen eighty nine or nineteen ninety one or whatever, or, or nineteen seventy five. Much later, <laughs> <laughs> just not that, <laughs> just not that one. And they're like, no, no, you're you're the one from nineteen eighty seven. You have to go to hell. You're like, no, uh-huh. I'm the one from, not that one. I would be upset. Yeah. If somebody mispronounces my name, I'd be upset. (laughs) 
Oh, you're Joe Biden. Like, first, I realized that there's an afterlife, and now you're mispronouncing my name. I want to go back. Oh, yeah, that's like the, the litmus test, right? <laughs> yeah. Ripe? Is ripe here? Oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now is the part where we guess and predict the next episode based on the episode's title. Season oh. 5, episode 3. You ready, Jumbie? Yes. The Tale of the Mystical Mirror. I bet it's not Stig. I bet it's not Stig either. <laughs> mystical Mirror. Mystical Mirror. I want to say one of the girls. Yeah. It's a vanity thing. I'm thinking picture Dorian Gray. Mirror. If it's picture Dorian Gray's theme, I would go Betty because she's a classics person. But I'm thinking Sam. Sam? I'll go with Betty because that classic line you just shot at me. Yeah. I would it, it could be Betty, but I'm gonna stick with Sam. Because it is I haven't like, heard from her in a while. Yeah, and it is like a vanity thing. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, with all that any last words, Jumbi? Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? Who's the fairest? It's not Stig. <laughs> it's not Stig indeed. <laughs> and with that, we conclude another episode of Phantom Silver Screen Podcast. If you like what you heard, please give us a like, subscribe, follow, anything to show us that you love us. Because we love you. And if we have to go and give you a shout out on our, your favorite radio station, we will. Because we love you. Slap. <laughs>